0: I do have a question, man. And just in looking at at you know the the Jesus movement, the nineteen seventies that that whole thing, and and where we are now, man, I would just love to hear your wisdom about just uh, you know what are some what are some similarities that you see? And because I, I think history sort of repeats itself a lot of times. Um, what are some what are some things that you're taking away from looking at both?
1: Well, the context uh, you know that I grew up in—the the Leave It to Beaver, nineteen fifties—when you went to church, uh, everything was very programming. Everything was um, about the music. I I, I can remember our, I was in the biggest church in Oregon growing up as a kid, and what all the adults would always say is, "Yeah, we've got the best music. That's why our church is doing what it's you know." Uh, we had this really heavy duty uh, uh, Sunday school cradle to the grave you know you went to Sunday school in the morning and then after that you went to church and and it was and there was a, a form to it it was all suits and ties and you know there was all that and then um, there a lot of gimmicks I, you know I, I can remember we had movie stars come talk in our church get saved and three weeks later you're in our church giving your
0: testimony <laughs> it on, literally man. happened.
1: And, um, and, and so there were, and, and, and then it, then it, and and on the one hand, it became stifling. It it became so, uh, systematic and so, you know, jumping through all the hoops and all that. And then as, as it began to break out of that, it got into what, when, you know, we were all kind of in the hippie thing, what we called spacey grace and spacey grace is kind of what we've been preaching today. So so now you got this other context that's very heavy, program heavy, very much about music, very much about form, very much about building big buildings. You know, 1956 was the peak year of church attendance in the history of America, and then it began to fall off until the Jesus movement, and it picked back up again. Uh, we've had this, you know, mega church. Not, I don't care about mega church. That's great. But the seeker-driven thing, I don't think it's so great. It's 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 hurt us, and we're back to spacey grace, back to you know the fire insurance policy. You know, pray the little prayer, and you're on your way to heaven. And and we've reduced the gospel to that, and that's what we saw in the '70s, and then that's what we're seeing now. And and so in the '70s, we were a, a reactionary movement. The millennials are our, our, our reactionary generation. We were reactionary. But our reaction was a little different than I see a lot today. Our reaction was, get out of our way, we're going to take this thing over and we're going to do it better than you. Whether that was people burning down the cities, or that was in the church, just get out of our way because, you know, and what came out of that was a spiritual awakening. What I see with the millennials is a a bifurcation. There's people who are willing to do what you guys are doing and get and engage. But they're disengaging that context and they're engaging the the culture around them with the gospel. But I see others who their reaction is, I I don't want any of it. I'm just out of here. Bye. And, you know, I, I just was doing a little bit of study. The religious nuns now are up to um, 20%. People who who would check on the census, the box that says, in terms of religion, none, it's 20%. And uh, the percentage of Christians, uh, these numbers are fresh in my mind because I just did this for my coaching group. In 1950, 94% of the population called themselves Christian. In 2020, 68% call themselves Christian. We've lost. It's the greatest fall off in the history of America. And the rise of the nuns uh, in 1950, when I was five years old, there were 5% of the people called themselves nuns. As the Jesus movement came on and things like that, that dropped to 2% and now it's up to 20%. So we we have to do something different than we've done. Um, I have a book for you to read. And uh, in fact, I wanna just drag out my copy because I keep it right here.
0: While you're gra- while you're grabbing that so i think that's very interesting because you know the lot Latin- san antonio is heavy heavy uh into catholicism uh and some of that some of that's cultural but i think i think that uh it's really interesting that people are choosing you know nuns don't have a hard word. they don't have an easy road right so so i it's it's I, it, it sounds to me like you're saying that people are choosing like the harder road of sanctification rather than just being comfortable, you know, because they're looking for something genuine.
1: Well, I guess that's what I perceive. And and people are looking for, I, I I think that one of the scriptures that we need to be paying a lot of attention to is Luke 4.18. And and then where Isaiah, uh, you know, Jesus is actually quoting Isaiah and saying he's the fulfillment of it we're supposed to be the fulfillment of it. I have a book that uh, I'm going to leave this on the podcast too, because I want people to read this book. It's an old book. It was written in 1982. And it's called Generations, the History of America's Future from 1584 to 2069. So these guys are not only uh, recording history, they're prophesying, and it's by a guy named William Strauss and another guy named Neil Howe, and what this book does is it goes back into England, the rise of the Puritans, and you know who wanted to purify the Church of England, and the Pilgrims who wanted to escape the Church of England, and it talks about how uh, interesting your ministry is called Rise. What when, when a generation is on the rise? That's a that's a dominant generation. A, We're going to change the world generation. Um, Several things happen. And and this has happened in the history of America like four or five times. My memory fails me. But there's always been a spiritual awakening. There's always been uh, when when one of these generations becomes president, there's either a war or a depression. It's happened over and over again on a four-generation cycle. And, it's, and what has always brought America back from the brink of self-destruction has been a spiritual awakening. And they said, these guys are not believers, by the way. They, in their second book, they, they had, a, in the introduction, they made a big deal out of, we're not Christians. Uh, it's just the history of America is so Christian. And we wrote the history of America. So don't, us, <laughs> do, really? you know, because we're not Christians. Um, Newsweek called this a provocative, erudite, and engaging analysis of the rhythms of American life. And it really gets into, the, it's, a, it's a heavy read. It's a hard read. It's about a 900-page book, and you got to really pay attention as they get into it. But it really speaks to where we're at today. And one of the things that they said was the Jesus Movement of the 70s Compared to the other spiritual awakenings, you know, the Great Awakening, the Cambridge revivals, those times in American history, it, it kind of fizzled. It was, it was a half a spiritual awakening and, and, and concurrent with it was the, was the rise of the New Age movement, which is kind of, I think, fizzling out, but it's leaving people with nothing. I think a lot of the religious nuns are people who looked toward the whole New Age thing and then they found out there was nothing there and there's a vacancy, but they've given up on on church. And we're about due now for another spiritual awakening in terms of this cycle. And so these guys, um, they kind of predicted in in 1982 before the millennials were born, they predicted a lot of the things that people complain about millennials today are written in this book uh, 20 years before my grandson came uh, uh, into this world. Interesting.
0: That's crazy.
1: <laughs> That's
0: mind blowing, man. And I, I think, you know, just as as far as my vantage point from an artist, and you, you're talking about those guys prophesying, man. I really um I really believe that from my vantage point, creatives uh are essentially prophetic in nature. I think I think that there's a there's a lot of for me, art speaks. By the know? way.
1: That's one of the things that they said in this book. Oh, really? <laughs> is, is is that art uh, kind of paves the way for social discontent, and and then and then change follows that in the path of that.
0: Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. Like that. Like that's because I see that I see that happening um, in the art that's created, Christian Christian and non. It's just like something something's, something's got to change. Um, and there's a lot of people who are voicing what the path could be. And I think the only thing that really brings that, that really holds us back is the disconnect from, uh, the disconnect from the wisdom of the elders, man, you know, because they're, you know, everybody's just kind of projecting and saying, okay, this is what it could be, but, um, nobody really knows for sure. <laughs> and, and because there's, uh, there's this self-made, uh, bravado that kind of accompanies our culture a lot of times um, people don't want to go back to go back to the to the old ways they don't want to research and do any of that kind of stuff um, so that's maybe the one thing that's hindering but that doesn't take away from from the gift and the validity really of of the voice of the artist you know
1: well you know one of the things that happened in the, again in the 1970s to use that as a as a comparison. Is that those people who were a generation above us pretty much hated us? I, I mean, the, the garbage we took uh, in our church, but all, all of my peers, so across the country, you know, we'd get together at different times, and everybody was just getting, you know, pounded by the people who were, who, who should have been there to disciple us and hold our hands and, and help us through this. We were a threat to them. And, and they just didn't like us. But who was really there for us were the guys that were like, when I was 20, 25 years old, the guys in their 80s were there for us, women and men. And, but what had happened was, you know, I came up in the Pentecostal world, and people who had seen the Pentecostal revivals in the 1920s were still alive, some of them. And those people were our greatest cheerleaders. I, I just, you know, it was amazing things. And even as, uh, you know, the Jesus movement kind of peaked, and and uh, by the late 1970s, by I, I would say where I was at in California, it was over in 1976. And I, you know, I have reasons for saying that. But then when I moved to Hawaii, it still hadn't peaked. And so we were able to kind of ride that wave when we went in to, to do the church. But while we were in Hawaii, there were these women who were in their 70s. And, and as, as young women, uh, they, they live in a section of Los Angeles called Echo Park, which uh, they contributed to the gentrification of Echo Park. When I lived there, I went to college there. It was a scary neighborhood. We had a student assaulted on the street every year that I was in college. Um, it was a bad, bad place. Now, um, median house price is about $2 million. But these these ladies had bought, it had been a wonderful neighborhood in the 1920s. And they had bought this old rundown house, a big house, a bunch of single young women. And I think there were like nine of them. And so it's a huge house. And they remodeled it. And they built it into this really like a mansion. And they're just all working women and they pull their, their resources and whatever. But then they, they begin to open it for weddings and stuff like that. Well, then as they got older, uh, I, I'd have these ladies who are in their, at least in their 70s, uh, come to Hawaii. And they want to suck up whatever we're doing with young kids because they're going to go back home. It was called the House on the Hill. And they're going to go back home and do it. And they're, and they're talking about our children and you know, um one, one time one of the women, they're both dead now. Uh one of the one of the women said, you know, our 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 children, um, they invited us to a concert and and, and we went and they were performing it was is this is this all right spiritually? They were performing something called rap music. And <laughs> we didn't really you know, we really couldn't it was in Hollywood and we really couldn't understand any of what was going on but what what are your thoughts about that is is that an okay thing so this is like in 1990 something but they had taken this this house now they're old and they had a basement and and they had then they remodeled the whole basement and they were running church in the basement and they had like 80 kids and this is when the neighborhood was still not a real nice neighborhood to be in So they got some pretty rough kids and some gang issues had happened there and in in their basement. But I remember they went to the um, to the Sheraton Hotel in Waikiki because they wanted to make their basement look like a tropical setting because our children will never get to go to Hawaii in their life. So we want to bring Hawaii to them. And so they went to Sharon Hotel and talked them out of a bunch of their wallpaper. (laughs) And so I went there and visited. And this was an incredible thing. They had all these tropical plants and all this kind of stuff. But these old ladies were there just sponsoring. And, And so this is in the 90s. This is like 20 years after we got started. But there were people who, by the time the 90s had happened, had already passed away, who were there to sponsor us. And, you know, as I look at my own life, I, I'm, I'm trying to do whatever I can. I'm 75 years old. Uh, I, I just want to reinforce and, and give a platform to people who are like you, who are out there on the front lines, because I'm not. And uh, anything that can be done needs to be done. And, I, you know, I, I know that there are some older people who listen to this podcast. Not a lot. Most of the people are more like your age. But, it, you know, if you're an old geezer like me, you, you need to put yourself out there in support of the people who are actually getting the job done. Because so I as we kind of wind this thing down, Gerald, I want you to um, tell us a little bit about, you know, websites, where should people go? Um, first, your blog is, uh, I mean, I was on there this morning. And what I saw was a, 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 an incredible prayer that you had written that i'm assuming that you put into performance i don't know i hope you do um yeah. and then I, I just if like i got a friend in northern california who's a dj and you know i, I don't know what you even call it but to me it's scratchy, um, scratchy
0: <laughs> yeah yeah you had it right dj <laughs> And
1: anyway he's he's looking for he doesn't know it but he's looking for you so there's other people who don't know it, but they're looking for you that are listening to this. How, how do they make contact? You know, tell us about the website. If you're open to it, give us an email address, whatever that we can put out there for people.
0: Yeah, man. Um, thank you. So uh, I actually have a website for the Rise Movement. Um, and that website is werise.city. And so you type in werise.city, it'll show up. Uh, It's, it's just really basic about who we are, what we're doing. Um, And we're actually loading on our projects right now so these communities that I was talking to you about earlier, um, we're hosting pages for them so that they can um, get get their people involved in uh, through through volunteering or for uh, being a part of that that leader community and that kind of thing. So we is one. The one where you probably saw the blog is uh freedommusicgroup.com. So freedom music group is actually uh, it's actually a label, it's a music label for the music that's coming out of the rise movement. And so uh, so freedommusicgroup.com, we also do blogs there, the one that you probably saw was, uh, there's there's one up there called A Letter to the Shepherd, so it's based off of Psalms 23, um, and yes, I have I've been able to do that, I perform that for um, uh, several churches, uh, Max Locato's church here in San Antonio being one of them, and uh, yeah, it's just awesome. So we've got a lot of blogs and stuff on freedommusicgroup.com, and then there's also music. Videos, um, all that kind of stuff. So, all of the music from the Rise Movement is probably going to be there at Freedom Music Group. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at RalphMore.net.